0: CHAPTER 45 OF THE ROOTS OF THE MOUNTAINS BY WILLIAM MORRIS THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN OF FACE OF GOD'S onslaught. Now the banners of the wolf flapped and rippled over the heads of the woodlanders and the men of the wolf, and the men shot all they might, nor took heed now to cover themselves against the shafts of the dusky men. As for these, for all they were so many, Their arrow-shot was no great matter, for they were in very evil order, as has been said, and moreover their rage was so great to come to handy strokes with these foemen, that some of them flung away their bows to brandish the axe or the sword. Nevertheless were some among the kindred hurt or slain by their arrows. Now stood face of God with the foremost, and from where he stood he could see somewhat of the battle of the dalesmen, and he wotted that it was thriving therefore he looked before him and close around him and noted what was toward there the space betwixt the houses and the break of the bents was crowded with the fury of the dusky men tossing their weapons aloft crying to each other and at the kindred and here and there loosing a bowstring on them but whatever was their rage they might not come a many together past a line within ten fathom of the bents end for 300 of the best of bowmen were shooting at them so ceaselessly, that no dusky man was safe of any bare place of his body, and they fell over one another in that penfold of slaughter, and for all their madness did but little. Yet was the heart of the war-leader troubled, for he wotted that it might not last for ever, and there seemed no end to the throng of murder-carls, and the time would come when the arrow-shot would be spent, and they must needs come to handy-strokes, and that with so many. Now a voice spake to him as he gazed with knitted brows and careful heart on that turmoil of battle. What now hast thou done with the sunbeam? And where is a brother? Is the chief of the wolf skulking when our work is so heavy? And thou seemeth art over late on the field. The mowing of this meadow is no sluggard's work. He turned and beheld may and gazed on her face for a moment, and saw her eyes, how they glittered, and how the pommels of her cheeks were burning red, and her lips dry and grey. But before he answered, he looked all around about to see what was to note, and he touched may on the shoulder, and pointed to down below, where a man of the felons had just come out of the court of one of the houses, a man taller than most, very gaily arrayed with gilded scales all over him, so that, with his dark face and blue eyes, he looked like some strange dragon. may spake not, but stamped her foot with anger, Yet if her heart were hot, her hand was steady, for she notched a shaft, and just as the dusky chief raised his axe and brandished it aloft, she loosed, and the shaft flew and smote the felon in the armpit and the default of the armour, and he fell to earth. But even as she loosed, face of God cried out in a loud voice, O lads of battle, shoot close and all together, tarry not, tarry not, for we need a little time ere sword meets sword, and the others of the kindreds are at work. But may turned round to him and said, "Wilt thou not answer me? Where is thy kindness gone? Even as she was speaking, she had notched and loosed another shaft, speaking as folk do who turn from busy work at loom or bench. Then said face of God, Shoot on, Sister may, The sunbeam is gone with her brother, and he is with the men of the face. He broke off here, for a man fell beside him, hurt in the neck and Face of God took his bow from his hands and shot a shaft, while one of the women who had been hurt also tended the newly wounded man. Then Face of God went on speaking. She was unwilling to go, but Fogmite and I constrained her, for we knew that this is the most perilous place of the battle. Ah, see those three felons, Bomey, they are aiming hither. And again he loosed, and Bomey also, but a shaft rattled on his helm withal, and another smote a woodlander beside him, and pierced through the calf of his leg, as he turned and stooped to take fresh arrows from a sheaf that lay there. But the carl took it by the notch and the point, and break it, and drew it out, and then stood up and went on shooting. And face of God spake again, Folk might skulketh not, nor the men of the vine and the sickle and the face, nor the shepherd-folk. Soon shall they be making our work easy to us, if we can hold our own till then, They are on the other roads that lead into the square. Now suffer me, and shoot on! Therewith he looked round about him, and he saw on the left hand that all was quiet, and before him was the confused throng of the dusky men, trampling their own dead and wounded, and not able as yet to cross that death-line of the arrow so near to them. But on his right hand he saw how they of the kindreds held them firm on the way. Then, for a moment of time, he considered and thought, till him seemed he could see the whole battle yet to be foughten, and his face flushed and he said sharply, may abide here and shoot, and show the others where to shoot, while the arrows hold out. But we will go further for a while, and ye shall follow when we have made the rent great enough. She turned to him and said, Why art thou not more joyous? Thou art like an host without music or banners. Nay, said he, heed me not, but my bidding. She said hastily, I think I shall die here, since for all we have shot we minish them nowise. Now kiss me this once amidst the battle and say farewell. He said, Nay, nay, it shall not go thus. Abide a little while, and thou shalt see all this tangle open as the sun cleaveth the clouds on the autumn morning. Yet lo thou, since thou wilt have it so. And he bent forward and kissed her face, and now the tears ran over it, and she said, smiling somewhat, Now this is more than I look for, Whatso may betide. But while she was yet speaking, he cried in a great voice, Ye who have spent your shot, or have nigh spent it, to axe and sword, and follow me to clear the ground, twixt the bent and the halls. Let each help each, but throng not each other. Shoot wisely, ye bowmen, and keep our backs clear of the foe. On, on, for the burg and the face, for the burg and the face. Therewith he leapt down the steep of the hill, bounding like the hart with Dalewarden naked in his hand, and they that followed were two score and ten, and the arrows of their bowmen rained over their heads on the dusky men, as they smote down the first of the foemen, and the others shrieked and shrank before them, or turned on them smiting wildly and desperately. But face of God swept round the great sword, and plunged into that sea of turmoil and noise, and evil sights and savours, and even therewith he heard clearly a voice that said, Gold ring, I'm hurt, take my bow awhile, and knew it for bow-maze. But it came to his ears like the song of a bird without meaning, for it was as if his life were changed at once, and in a minute or two he had cut thrice with the edge and thrust twice with the point, eager but clear-eyed and deft, and he saw, as in a picture, the foe before him, and the grey roofs of Silverstead, and through the gap in them, the tops of the blue ridges far aloof. And now had three fallen before him, and they feared him, and turned on him, and smote so many together that their strokes crossed each other, and one warded him from the other, and he laughed aloud and shielded himself, and drave the point of Dalewarden amidst the tangle of weapons, through the open mouth of a captain of the felons, and slashed a cheek with a backstroke, and swept round the edge to his right hand, and smote off a blue-eyed, snub-nosed head, and therewith a polack smote him on the left side of his helm, so that he tottered, but he swung himself round and stood stark and upright, and gave a short hack with the edge, keeping Dalewarden well in hand, and a gold-clad felon, a champion of them, and their tallest on the ground, fell aback, his throat gaping more than the mouth of him, Then Face of God shouted and waved Dalewarden aloft to the banner of the wolf that floated behind and above him, and he cried out, As I have promised, so have I done. And he looked about and beheld how valiantly his fellows had been doing, for before him now was a space of earth with no man standing on his feet thereon, like the swathe of the mowers of June. And beyond that was the crowd of the dusky men, wavering like the tall grass abiding the scythe. But in a minute and they fell to casting at Face-of-god and his fellow-spears and knives and shields and whatsoever would fly and a spear smote him on the breast but entered not and a bossed shield fell over his face withal and a plummet of sling-lead smote his helm and he fell to earth but leapt up again straightway and heard as he arose a great shout close to him and a shrill cry and lo! At his left side, may her sword in her hand, and the hand red with blood from a shaft-graze on her wrist, and a white cloth stained with blood about her neck, and on his right side, Woodwise, bearing the banner, and crying the wolf-whoop, for the whole company was come down from the slope and stood around him. Then for a little while was there such a stilling of the tumult about him there, that he heard great and glad cries from the road of the south, of the burg and the steer, the dale and the bridge, the dale and the bull, and thereafter a terrible great shrieking cry, and a huge voice that cried, Death, death to the dusky men, and thereafter again fierce cries, and great tumult of the battle. Then face of God shook Dalewarden in the air, and strode forward fiercely, but not speedily, and the whole company went foot for foot along with him, and as he went, would he, or would he not, song came into his mouth, a song of the meadows of the dale, even such as this. The wheat is done blooming, and rusts on the sickle, and green are the meadows grown after the scythe. Come hands for the dance, for the toil hath been mickle, and twixt hazel and harvest tis time to be blithe. And what shall the tale be, now dancing is over, and kind on the meadow sits maiden by man, and the old man bethinks him of days of the lover, and the warrior remembers the field that he won. Shall we tell of the dear days wherein we are dwelling, the best days of our mother, the cherishing dale, when all round about us the summer is telling, to ears that may hearken the heart of the tale? Shall we sing of these hands and these lips that caress us, and the limbs that sun-dappled lie light here beside, when still in the morning they rise but to bless us, and oft in the midnight our footsteps abide. O nay, but to tell of the fathers were better, and how we were fashioned from out of the earth, of how the once lowly spurned strong at the fetter, of the days of the deeds and the beginning of mirth. And then, when the feast-tide is done in the morning, shall we wet the grey sickle that bideth the wheat, till one grow the edges and gleam forth a warning of the field and the fallow where edges shall meet. And when cometh the harvest, and hook upon shoulder, we enter the red wheat from out of the road, we shall sing as we wend of the bold and the bolder, and the burg of their building, the beauteous abode. As smiteth the sickle amid the sun's burning, we shall sing how the sun saw the token unfurled. When forth fared the folk with no thought of returning, in the days when the banner went wide in the world, Many saw that he was singing, but heard not the words of his mouth, for great was the noise and clamour. But he heard may, how she laughed by his side, and cried out, may, dear heart, now art thou merry indeed, and glad am I, though they told me that I am hurt. Ah, now, beware, beware! For indeed the dusky men, seeing the wall of steel rolling down upon them, and cooped up by the houses, so that they scarce knew how to flee, "'turned in the face of death, the foremost of them, "'and rushed furiously on the array of the woodlanders. "'And all those behind pressed on them "'like the big wave of the ebbing sea, "'when the gust of the wind driveth it landward. "'The woodlanders met them shouting out, "'The greenwood and the wolf! the greenwood and the wolf!' "'But not a few of them fell there, "'though they gave not back a foot, "'for so fierce now were the dusky men, "'that hewing and thrusting at them availed naught.' unless they were slain outright or stunned, and even if they fell, they rolled themselves up against their tall foemen, heeding not death or wounds if they might, but slay or wound. There then fell Wargrove and ten others of the woodlanders, and four men of the wolf, but none before he had slain his foeman, and as each man fell or was hurt grievously, another took his place. Now a felon leapt up and caught Goldring by the neck, and drew him down, while another strove to smite his head off. But the stout Karl drave a wood-knife into the side of the first felon, and drew it out speedily, and smote the other, the smiter, in the face with the same knife, and therewith they all three rolled together on the earth amongst the feet of men. Even so did another felon by Bomey, and dragged her down to the ground, and smote her with a long knife as she tumbled down, and this was a feat of theirs, they were long-armed like apes. But as to this felon, Dalewarden's edge split his skull, and face of God gathered his might together and bestrode may till he had hewed a space round about him with great two-handed strokes, and yet the blade brake not. Then he caught up may from the earth, and the felon's knife had not pierced her hauberk, but she was astonished, and might not stand upon her feet and face of God turned aside a little with her, and half bore her, half thrust her through the throng to the rearward of his folk, and left her there with two carlines of the wolf, who followed the host for leechcraft's sake, and then turned back, shouting, For the face! for the face! and there followed him back to the battle, a band of those who were fresh as yet, and their blades unblooded, the young men of the woodlands. The wearier fighters made way for them as they came on, shouting, and face of God was ahead of them all, and leapt at the foeman, as a man unwearied and striking his first stroke, so wondrous hale he was. And they drave a wedge amidst of the dusky men, and then turned about and stood back to back, hewing at all that drifted on them. But as face of God cleared a space about him, lo, almost within reach of his sword-point, up rose a grim shape from the earth, tall, grey-haired and bloody-faced, who uttered the wolf-whoop from amidst the terror of his visage, and turned and swung round his head an axe of the dusky men, and fell to smiting them with their own weapon. The dusky men shrieked in answer to his whoop, and all shrunk from him and face of God, but a cry of joy went up from the kindred, for they knew Goldring, whom they deemed had been slain. So they all pressed on together, smiting down the foe before them, and the dusky men, Some turned their backs and drave those behind them, till they too turned and were strained through the passages and courts of the houses, and some were overthrown and trodden down as they strove to hold face to the woodlanders, and some were hewn down where they stood. But the whole throng of those that were on their feet drifted toward the market-place, the woodlanders following them ever with point and edge, till betwixt the bent and the houses no foemen stood up against them, then they stood together, and raised the whoop of victory, and blew their horns long and loud in the token of their joy, and the woodland men lifted up their voices and sang, Now far, far aloof standeth lintel and roof, the dwelling of days of the woodland ways. Now naught wendeth there, save the wolf and the bear, and the fox of the waste faring soft without haste. No carl the axe wetteth on oak-laden hill, no shaft the heart letteth to wend at his will. None heedeth the thunderclap over the glade, and the windstorm thereunder makes no man afraid. Is it thus then that endeth man's days on mid-earth, for no man there wendeth in sorrow or mirth? Nay, look down on the road from the ancient abode, betwixt acre and field, shineth helm, shineth shield, and high over the heath fares the bane in his sheath. For the wise men and bold Go their ways o'er the wold. Now the warrior hath given them Heart and fair day, Unbidden, undriven, They fare to the fray. By the rock and the river The banners they bear, And their battle-staves quiver Neath and spear. On the hill's brow they gather, And hang o'er the dale, As the clouds of the father Hang laden with bale. Down shineth the sun, On the war-deed half-done, All the foredoomed to die, in the pale dust they lie. There they leapt, there they fell, and their tales shall we tell. But we, e'en in the gates of the war-garth, we wait. Till the drift of war-weather shall whistle us on, And we tread altogether the way to be won. To the dear land, the dwelling, for whose sake we came, To do deeds for the telling of song be-crowned fame. Settle helm on the head, then, heave sword for the dale, nor be mocked of the dead men for deedless and pale. End of chapter 45